Welcome to The Tim Castle Show, where I sit down with courageous people doing inspirational things around the world. My journey so far as a best-selling author of Be The Lion, The Art of Negotiation, Momentum Sales Model, and The Art of Decision-Making has taken me to some very interesting places. I truly believe that their stories that we have locked up inside of us can help other people. And through those stories, we can transform the world. I'm sure you're ambitious, hungry, a go-getter, and you're looking for the latest strategies in how to become a high achiever and maintain that success and keep expanding. If that's you and that resonates, sign up for my newsletter, the School of Success newsletter, and I'll hit you with actionable ideas that you can put into play right away every single week. Let's go. Let's get into the episode. Today, we're going to talk about something that can change the trajectory of your daily life forever. And why is this important? Well, we want to be expanding. Us humans, we love to expand. It's in our nature. If you're ever someone that's frustrated with your situation, if you're struggling right now to pay the bills, or you're just frustrated with where you are and you feel like you've got golden handcuffs, or if there's just some part of you that is yearning for more, but you're just not sure how to figure it out. This is one key skill and strategy that can help you start to expand your life because we as humans are full, full of expression and expansion. Nature in itself creates expansion, just, just the abundance of that. And when you get fixed in an environment, say your working environment, your friendship environment, even your partner or your relationship environment, when that becomes fixed, it sort of fuses with that general status, that general state of play. And so the problem with that is, is you're internally wanting to expand. And so that's because we're always looking to grow. That's probably why you listen to me and this podcast and you look at my books and my courses and you're just involved because you love self-help, personal development. You're investing in yourself. You have that ambition. And so these skills, when applied, can help you maximize your life because you're turning every situation through who you are into something that's going to expand you, something that's going to grow you and grow that situation. And so this is all about advanced influence and persuasion skills. We've got to remember that this isn't just about making extra sales or more commission. And yes, that's great. You can take your family on holiday more. You can make bigger investments. This is about you as an individual increasing your ability to earn more and to basically have a better life. Because when you're able to approach situations and use your advanced influence and persuasion skills to be able to change the outcome of that situation, those situations have less control on you. And so what you're currently perceiving as frustrating, the status quo, the whatever situation you're in that needs to change, whether it's got boring, whether you're just frustrated because you're like, is this it? Is this all there is to my life? Or I just want to be earning more in general. Maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're like, hey, we have bigger goals than this. We have bigger goals than this, but where the hell are the sales? Where is the stuff, right? And so you've got to understand that with you, it's with you. You are currently getting your current results and you want them to change. So whatever you're doing now, Whatever you're acting like, whatever you're thinking like, however you're putting this stuff out into the world is through you. 
and that's getting your current results. So we need to change something if we want to improve. And I, I understand it. The way I understand it is I don't think you should be reducing your expenses to try and make more money. I think you should be trying to make more money to make more money, make multiple sources of income. I do believe that you should double down on a couple, not just go and scattergun it and have multiple sources of income from everywhere. But I do think you should be trying to think about how to influence and persuade in every situation, because this is what's going to help you increase your conversion rate. So if you think about the conversion rate, one of the quickest ways, if you're an entrepreneur, to make more money is to close more deals. So more people, more leads that are coming in, you have a higher conversion rate. You're able, if you're able to close more deals, if you're able to close more leads and opportunities that come to you, basically, are you able to win more? Are you able to, whatever you want to apply this to, do the thing more and get success more, you're going to get more money. So increase your conversion rate. So how do we do that? Well, it's through making our interactions on a daily basis a little bit better. Because remember, it all counts. If you can influence your colleague or your team member or someone on your team, and you can influence them to sell more or them to do something a different way or a bit better, it's going to matter. But you can't bowl into that situation and just tell someone, hey, this is how you need to sell, or hey, this is how we interact with our customers, or hey, the the vibes you're giving off or the experience you're giving off isn't up to standard. That doesn't work. Yes, if it's egregious, yes, if it's got to the point that they need to understand and have that emotional shock to then be able to come towards you. Yeah, that's fine. But on a daily interaction, that's not going to influence anyone. That's just going to create resistance. So everything that we're thinking about from this point on, and I want you to remember this, is all about lowering resistance. When it comes to influence, what we're trying to do is lower resistance, bring the walls down, bring the walls down. That's what we're trying to do with influence persuasion, because then someone can hear you. If the walls are up, it becomes a battle. So everything we want to be doing is decreasing that resistance. And we want to make it be that person's idea because if it's their person's idea to do the behaviors, they're bought in. They feel they have more control and therefore they're more likely to own it. And when you own something, what happens is you feel it's part of you. You're able to do it more. And that's what we want. So it's about thinking about how to get to the goal. And it isn't always just go and tell someone to do something. So one of the ways is remember that facts tell and stories sell. So one of the ways is through stories. And one of the ways that you can influence people is through your own personal story. But likely, we want to get into a conversation where a story becomes the vehicle to be able to do that. Why? Because if we're making it all about you, it's not about them. So it's maybe choose something neutral, maybe tell them a story or you get them to explain a time through a story. So, hey, can you tell me about a time that this happened and you were able to do this? Hey, can you tell me a time a time that a customer walked in and it was the best sales interaction that you've ever had? What happened in that? St- and they get to tell you. So it's through stories. You're opening up the conversation through story. You also have to remember that you, how you're showing up in this interaction through your tonality, the pauses to create dramatic tension. I learned that in uh, English literature class. Shakespeare was very good at creating dramatic tension. So in his plays, he would put DT, he'd put dramatic tension in his plays to create the pause. And the pause builds anticipation. And the anticipation 
helps you feel an emotional pain or connection to the situation, to the outcome. So why, what does that do? So I'm feeling the emotional pain, it creates change. Everything we're trying to do here is about change. Because remember, we want to change from the results that we have right now to the results that we actually want. So it's, we're all about change. And to do that, we need to have emotional pain or connection. Usually, humans are motivated by reward or pain. Typically, in this situation, it's the pain of staying the same. So the pain of, oh, I want a salary raise, or I want to earn more money, or I've got these bills to pay, because everything's gone up. That's the pain. Well, how can we solve that? Well, you are the vehicle, but they need to feel that pain first. If you're an employee and you're, you're an entrepreneur and you hire people for your business, they need to feel that pain. So the possibility to earn more is there. Cool. We know that. That's always there. But they need to feel the pain of their situation. So what would it mean to you to earn more in this situation from this business? And they can tell you a story and they can tell you about what they want and what they're doing. And what currently is holding you back from doing that? And they can open up. So these questions are very open. And the way you deliver them, the way you deliver them will either sell them on the outcome or not. Because if you just ask these questions like, Hey, so what's going on? It, it won't hit home. It won't hit home. Yeah, it might get them thinking about it, but it's not going to have that quick, direct ownership response that you're looking for, which is actually where they take ownership of the situation and they realize that it's within their power to actually earn more commission through the training that you're going to provide, through the coaching that you can provide, through this idea of how customer service should be done. But they need to own that. They need to think it's their idea. They need to, it needs to be their idea to buy into it. And so really focusing on your body language, a lot of, lot of times sales leaders or people or entrepreneurs or any situation, the body language of how you are is, is trying to force an outcome. I'm guilty of this myself. I remember one particular interaction. I was meeting someone head of, head of something you know, fairly senior, um, probably had 20 given years in his career. He, he he had come into this coffee meeting with me and, you know, essentially I rocked up not really thinking too much about the interaction and how I was going to show up. And in the problem of doing that, I was too relaxed and I let my guard down. I let my guard down in the sense that I didn't expect any kind of altercations or any kind of problems. So I wasn't really managing my nonverbal behavior. And so when a curveball got thrown, a question that I felt was quite out of character or a bit threatening in the sense that it, it, it basically caught me off guard, I didn't respond in the best way that I could have because I didn't control any of my nonverbal behavior. So even though my words, even though my words and what I was replying back showed empathy and care for the situation and a desire to help. And even though that was my intention from my heart, my body language, I could feel it. I was tense. I was actually angry. The question made me angry and I got tense and I got annoyed. My body language showed that annoyance. And so that became the sensation, that became the environment that we were now in because my annoyance was kind of in the space. And I'm like, what is this? This feels so weird, this interaction now. But it came partly from me not my words. And my words, the more the more I then tried to convince through my words, the deeper we went down the rabbit hole because that annoyance was still there. 
and and I was too attached to the result. So I was too attached. The question had triggered me, and I was too attached to proving that it hadn't triggered me. And yet, everything about it had triggered me, and my body language was just like, I'm annoyed. And what I should have done, what I really should have done, is 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 taken a step back. And and this was you know after COVID, so it was after we hadn't had many human interactions. You know, I was coming into a face-to-face human interaction and it caught me off guard. I forgot that non-verbal communication and your body language sends signals, sends massive signals. And this, this, how you lean into things, how you get close to someone or not close to them, the distance, how are you in terms of flexibility, structure? Are you relaxed? Are you comfortable? Or are you tense? angry, seething under that? Are you trying to force something through? Because when we're trying to convince, it's not really about your words. It's how you say your words. It's not really about what you do. It's about how you do what you do. And it's about slowing down. There is so much to say for the pace of how you deliver things when it comes to influence and persuasion. We need to slow down. It's If I could say that drinking water is the number one weight loss tool or keeping weight where you want it to be and maintaining weight, slowing down is the number one tool for persuading and influence because you are giving yourself time to compose how you want that to be delivered. And that composure, we are talking like 80% nonverbal communication. And through the delivery, you create the dramatic tension, which gets the pause for the other person to be able to reflect and therefore respond and not just react. With the, with the pause comes the decrease in resistance. The walls come down, they can hear you. The story engages them in visual sensations, visual. We're visual people. Humans think in pictures. And so the visual anchors it, makes it easier to understand. So sometimes it's not about more words and faster pace, as we tend to do when we're trying to convince. When we're trying to convince there's a mistake with salespeople, with entrepreneurs, with business people, that they think that the more they say or the more convincing they sound, the more confident in their response they sound, the more I've got all the answers. I am here and I have this intention and I'm going to sell you on it, on the dream. And you should believe because I believe. It doesn't work like that. We feel belief. We feel belief. And that belief, if you really believed, if you really believed, you wouldn't need them to come with you in order to satisfy that belief. You wouldn't be so anchored to the outcome because it wouldn't matter. You you want them to come because it's the right thing for them, but you'd understand that they have free will and it's their choice and that there's an abundance of people waiting for, to join your movement or to do your thing or customers outside that are waiting to come in to buy your products. And therefore, your time is super valuable, but it's not in an arrogant way. You're not like, hey, my time's so valuable. I don't have time for you. If you want to come on board, come on board. If not, not. Like, it's not that. It's just a calm, calm confidence that 
the right things will happen. And if they feel that belief, they'll be brought in at a deeper level and they're willing to kind of come with you on that journey because that's what you want. It's that they've got free will and I'm not attached to this outcome. I'd love to to talk to them about what they're looking for and maybe we, we can help. So I think really step back with that story. What I'm telling you is I messed it up. I still mess it up today, even though I teach this, even though I coach this, even though I live this, even though this is what I'm out there talking about all the time, I still messed it up because it's just that lapse. It's just that lapse when you least expect it, when you least expect these skills to matter, they matter the most and you get taken off guard. And then suddenly you're in a situation where you've created a lot of awkwardness. I mean, it's not just me, right? There was two people in that interaction, but it got very awkward very quickly and it didn't need to. And I could have handled that better through my nonverbal communication, through slowing down, through pausing, through my tone, through my facial expressions, through what I was true. Let the intention drive all of this, all of your body language. Question delivery. Oftentimes, when we're trying to influence and persuade, we talk, and really we should be asking more questions to seek to understand and then guide the process. The question and the way you ask the question creates the response, the right response. It triggers something in their mind to be able to dig right past that, to go to that emotional center. So whatever situation you're in, Remember that you have the capacity to influence and persuade in this situation that can get you a better outcome. And that can, that can, you're maybe having a disagreement with a team member. Well, you can either show up with tons of answers and reasons to try and persuade them. This is why I did this. This is what you should be doing. This is how it should be. I didn't like it when you did this. Creates a massive wall of resistance in them. Whilst when we're looking to, inf- does do you actually influence and persuade in that scenario? No, not at all. You're just going in there and creating, right, this is how it should be. This is my perspective. This is your perspective. And then we've got clashing heads. To actually influence and persuade in that situation, we want to uncover. We want to go into that situation. We want to uncover more detail. And we want to, we want them to reduce their resistance so that we have the actual chance to actually repair and create connection. You see what I mean? It's a very different strategy and scenario. But when you're able to do this at scale, and you're able to do it in different situations, this isn't just to make more money, or to influence a team member or a colleague to actually do their job better, or to have a difficult conversation with someone without it blowing up and creating more tension, or whether it's going to see a client and not making it awkward because you forget that they can actually ask curveball questions and they may not need to mean to, or they may mean to. They may mean to trip you up and see how you respond to that question. And you may get triggered because you just thought you had your walls down and you thought, oh, right, well, I don't have to control my nonverbal communication. I don't have to worry about tonality and question delivery in this because this is just an easy chat. No, that's slack. That's slack. That's where you've reduced and you're just being lazy. And I was being lazy in that scenario. So, We want to use advanced influence and persuasion skills to be able to accelerate our earning capacity, to be able to accelerate the way that we interact with people 
so that we get higher conversion rates. Because remember, they're buying into your belief, your mindset. They're buying your mindset. They're buying what you want, but they can only get that mindset and that belief if they themselves figure that they want what you've got. And in order to get what you want, they have to feel the pain or the reward, the pain and the reward of staying the same. So by staying the same, you're not going to get any, you're going to get these results that you already have. And that keeps you frustrated. But if you as the person in that scenario aren't pushing on that pain point, you're not going to expand that sameness, that boringness, that frustration, bring out that frustration, let them feel it because that's ultimately what they're at, right? Whether it's coaching someone to get better. Cool. How are you going in your job? They tell you, okay. And we get, and we get deeper through the layers of the onion. We have to keep going down and down and down to where they actually go. Actually, this is sucking me the life out of me. I have no energy left. I'm literally on the phone, cold calling a hundred people a day. I get so much rejection in my day. I'm not feeling it. Like people are just, I hate this job, right? You get to that point where they're like, I don't, I don't make any money in this job. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm not feeling great. And that's where, if that's expanded, that's where they're going to want change. And that's where you can help them. Same thing with, so, I mean, I'm, I'm applying this to many different situations in this chat. So it's the same thing that you've got to help them anchor to the pain of staying the same. Then they're going to want in their mind to change because the only they're going to realize that the only thing that is going to help them is doing something different. And that's where people, once they realize that, understand that, well, I don't want what I've currently got. So of course, it makes sense that I've got to change something and I'm now willing to invest in that change. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to get coached. I'm coachable. I'm willing to change myself so that I can change. They have to change something within their sphere of influence to then be able to get what what you want. And so at that point, then they'll be able to see, well, I want what you've got, or I want this thing over here, or I want to learn these skills. So therefore I'm willing to, I'm a willing participant. And from your perspective, because you're not trying to force what you know or your way on that person or how you feel about a situation, what would make it better straight away, you're actually able to hit a home run and get through because you're lowering those walls. You've created less resistance. And that's what you need to do with any customer any client, any situation, you want to lower that resistance. It's truly powerful when you can master this, when you can understand how the questions should be delivered for your organization, for your company, for your business. How should you, if you're raising money from a VC, they're going to ask you a ton of questions. But like when you're in that interaction, it feels asymmetric because you want to raise some cash and the VC has all the cash. Yet they, they feel like the gatekeeper because they're like, ask all these questions, due diligence. But imagine that you had less need for the cash. You were less needy because desperation is felt. So you're going in there and you're like, well, I want to actually find out if you're the right fit for me as well. Like that's your intention. You need to find out if this VC or this partner is the right person to invest in your company. With that lens, you're not 
desperate for the cash and then just trying to say anything that will help them give the cash. Yes, I'll work 24 hours a day. Yes, we're going to do this. We're going to make this many sales. We're going to make this much in our p Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll, I'll fly here. I'll do that. No, that's just literally you trying to say this right thing to get the outcome versus being like, look, I want to make sure that you're the right fit for us. And I need to understand a little bit more about this. And can you tell me more about this and how you work with this situation? And that is bringing your value up and bringing them and re- re- reducing their asymmetric power in the interaction so that you can have a more structured conversation. And from that, you're able to actually not get taken advantage, but you're also able to influence in that because you're influencing by bringing your value up in that situation. You're influencing persuading through how you're showing up, through the ability and having the confidence to ask those questions. That's influencing persuading them more than you trying to be like, oh my goodness, we're going to do this. We've got all these results. It's going to be so good. Please believe me. Please believe that we have a future. That's what they hear all the time. That's what they're hearing day in, day out by entrepreneurs. What When you've got go to the table and you're able to ask, well, I'm looking to do this and we fully believe in this mission. And we want the right partner to go with on that journey. That There's a little bit more persuasion and influence in that by you being able to stand up on your ground, having that more abundant mindset to that scenario. It allows you to influence and persuade. There are so many situations that these skills can be applied. So just as you go about your day-to-day, think about all those situations. As you're in those interactions, how can I influence and persuade in this? How is my mind trying to make me think that I need to convince? How do I think about convincing? Or could I think about my non-verbal body language, my posture, my smile, my facial muscles, my eyes, the delivery of how I say my questions, the pauses, showing with genuine care how you get that question across with your intention. It's infused in how you're doing things, how you're asking the question, how you're pausing, how you're creating a scenario and a situation and letting it unfold and telling a story and letting them tell a story and how that story is bringing them closer, not pushing them further away. It's 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 brilliant and i love 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 this skill for you because it's going to help you change your situation this can help magnify any situation you apply it to so go out today and let's get practicing that's what i'd say get practicing doesn't matter if you fall on your face the more you do this the more you try the better it's going to be and in the future in 6 months from now this will be coming out from your your body you'll be emitting this unconsciously you'll be unconsciously competent and you'll see how situations that would normally have just been a battle and now being dealt with with less resistance and more influence all right have an amazing day and that's it from me